In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God Amen. We will continue our Bible study from Psalm 74. Psalm 74 is written by Asaph, and it is a prophetic psalm, because it prophesies about the destruction of Jerusalem, also about the Babylonian activity. You know, Asaph lived in the time of King David and Solomon. So he did not see the Babylonian activity. He did not see the destruction of Jerusalem. But he prophesied about these things. And also prophesied about the destruction of the world at the end of the world, at the second coming of Christ. And during all these events, Babylonian captivity or destruction of Jerusalem or uh, at the end of the world, the people of God will feel they are forsaken. Where is God? Why you allow the enemy to defeat us? Why you allow the enemy to be victorious against the church of God? So in the first part of the psalm, he was pleading with God, don't forget your people, don't forget your inheritance. Then he started to remind himself with the promises of God. And this is very important when we go through difficult time. We need to go back in the history and we see how God actually helped the people and made the people victorious. When I go through a difficult time, I should remember all my difficult, my previous difficult time, and I see how God actually delivered me. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So this history will help me to increase my faith during this time of trouble and of difficulty. Not only the history, but also the promises of God. And God is faithful, and He is not a liar. God is faithful. Even if we are unfaithful, God will remain faithful, as St. Paul said. So, he reminded himself with these two things. The works of God in history, and also God's promises. And God actually, he reminded himself that God in verse 12, for God is my king from all, working salvation in the midst of the earth. God is my king. So, Asaf meditated first on the royal authority of God. He is king. Then he started to meditate upon his great power. His great power. In verse 13 he said, you divided the sea by your strength. You broke the heads of the sea serpents in the waters. You broke the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gave him as food to the people inhabiting the wilderness. So, the same God who divided the sea by his strength in the past could rescue his people in this crisis. In several places, the Bible mentions also sea serpents and Leviathan. 
Usually, Leviathan is considered to be a sea monster or dragon that terrorizes sailors and fishermen. Some consider these sea serpents and Leviathan real in history, others consider them just to be legendary. But Satan is often represented as a dragon or a serpent. So the sea serpents and Leviathan, the symbolical monsters being imagined as floating upon the surface of the water. So he said here, you broke the heads of the sea serpents in the water, you broke the heads of Leviathan in pieces. Some commentators say that the reference here, you divided the sea, is to the destruction of Pharaoh's army in the Red Sea. So the sea serpents and Leviathan represent the army of Pharaoh and Leviathan represent Pharaoh himself. So the sea serpents represent the army of Pharaoh and Leviathan is the Pharaoh himself. Some church fathers said that by his baptism, when the Lord Jesus Christ descended into the waters of the Jordan River, Christ broke the heads of the sea serpents in the waters. In his message to Osinos, St. Jerome wrote about the blessing of baptism that destroys the power of the devil, saying, The Spirit of God was hovering over the water, from which he brought forth the empty earth, the infant world, a symbol of the Christian child coming out of the font of baptism. So, St. Jerome said, as God brought the infant world, the, inf the empty earth, from the water, so the Christian child come from the font of baptism. And when Asaph did, you broke the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gave him as food to the people inhabiting the, the wilderness, he meant two things. He meant that like Pharaoh and his army were defeated and they became like food to the Israelites. Not literal food, but a symbol of victory and triumph. And they became food to the fish in the, in the sea. Also, Leviathan represents Satan and the sea serpents represent the demons under Satan. Also, by saying, give him as food to people inhabiting the wilderness, maybe there is also a hint toward the manna that was given. So, in, in verse 14, some say that Asaph recalled the wandering in the desert and how God destroyed the trial of hunger and lack of food in the desert by bringing manna and quail. And if you remember, quail came from the sea. So he is trying to say people or, or the enemies were destroyed in the sea and from the sea God brought the quail and from heaven the manna. Also, 
the Antichrist in one of his characters is represented as a sea beast with many heads as you read in the book of Revelation which will all be broken in pieces in due time these heads will be broken in pieces as he said you broke him to pieces St. Augustine says of what dragon we understand by dragons plural all the demons that were under the devil but what single dragon then St. Augustine is asking if the plural are the demons so the single dragon whose head was broken is the devil himself ought we ought we to understand so we can understand the verse according to St. Augustine you divided the sea by your strength either the Jordan River or the Red Sea because both were divided you broke the heads of the sea serpents in the waters like the demons do you remember when the Lord cast Legion from the man who was possessed with demons they entered into the swine and went into the water so that broke the head of the sea serpents the demons in the waters you broke the head of Leviathan that is Satan himself Satan who possessed the Antichrist in pieces because his head that has many horns were broken into pieces and give him as food to the people inhabiting the wilderness the people of God who live in the wilderness of this world actually they defeated the Antichrist and they defeated Satan and all his uh, soldiers so God has the power to dry up the mighty rivers he did when he made the way for his people in Red Sea and in the river Jordan he has power as well to break open fountains of water from rocks as he did by the rod of Moses which is also called the rod of God do you remember when Moses hit the rock with his rod water came from the rock that's why in verse 15 he said you broke open the fountain and the flood like when Moses hit the rock with his rod you dried up mighty rivers like the Red Sea and Jordan River the days is yours the night also is yours you have prepared the light and the sun according to St. Augustine God could bring forth from the unbelieving Gentiles who were like the rocks fountains of water of wisdom and spiritual riches so we the Gentiles were like the rocks but when we believed in Christ fountain of wisdom came from the Gentiles like St. Athanasius, St. Cyril of Alexandria St. Anthony the Great fountains of wisdom and riches of spirituality St. Augustine also says in some men the word of God becomes a well of water springing up unto life eternal so the people of God when they have the word of God abiding in them as the Lord said in the Gospel of St. John this word of God became a well of water springing up unto life eternal
Asaf in verse 16 when he said the day is yours the night also is yours you have prepared the light and the sun Asaf now remember that God is the creator of all that we see in creation day and night and appeal to God of nature not only did he work wonders God is not only working wonders but even the whole universe is the work of his hand God set things in motion and hold things in their places so things that are moving God actually set them and things that are like mountains God also in control of them Asaf deals with the feeling of rejection during this time people felt rejected by God the time of trouble like the captivity of Babylon but remember all the mighty works of God he wants God to rise up and to destroy the enemies but until the situation is resolved until God rise up and destroy the enemy Asaf is going to remember God's power to change any circumstance so God is able to change in a circumstance and this is a lesson for all of us when we go through difficult time until it is resolved we need to contemplate about the power of God this will help us St. Augustine says who is ignorant of this seeing that God he has himself made all these things for by the word were made all things so St. Augustine is saying who is ignorant we know that by the word of God everything was created was made in heaven and earth under the earth everything actually is made by the power of God so and according to St. Augustine the Lord Christ longs for the salvation of all so here is a beautiful contemplation about what is the day and what is the night when he said the days is yours the night also is yours so St. Augustine says who are the day the spiritual people who are the night the carnal people then in the same verse you have prepared the light and the sun St. Augustine is saying you have made perfect sun and moon the light and sun, sun and moon the sun are the spiritual people the moon are the carnal men and as yet carnal as he is so although these people are carnal may he not be forsaken God even the carnal people he will not forsake them and may he too be made perfect as the Lord said I did not come to call righteous but to call sinners and he called Matthew who was carnal he called the Samaritan woman who was carnal so many people who were carnal got killed Zacchaeus he came and saved them so the moon or the night represents the carnal the day or the sun represents the spiritual but all are his God came for the salvation of all verse 17 you have set all the borders of the earth you have made summer and winter and again he is God of creation he set all the borders of the earth God actually brought 
the earth from the water and he, he set the borders of all the continents and we say in the fourth hose you put a border for the sea that cannot actually pass so if you think about the sea and the ocean they don't cross over to cover the land God set a border for the sea and the ocean for the water they cannot come and flood the land also God created summer and winter the, the, the four seasons of the year it's because of God's economy God, he is the God of nature verse 18 remember this Asaph now is directing his word to God so Asaph saying to God remember this that the enemy has reproached has reproached O Lord and that a foolish people has blasphemed your name so starting from verse 18 the psalmist returned to prayer after being encouraged by his contemplation of the power of God in history and in nature he prays now for the sake of God's name and God's reputation and appeals to God's covenant with the children of Israel so he's saying remember that the enemy has reproached you O Lord a foolish people has blasphemed your name so it's not against us it's against you and the word foolish here refers to the wicked people because wickedness and folly are so connected the foolish people are those who though they think themselves and are thought by others to be wise yet in truth they are foolish they are foolish because they provoked and blasphemed the name of God whose powerful anger they can neither resist nor escape or endure St. Augustine says now he was speaking about the religious leaders of Israel who thought themselves to be wise and people consider them to be wise so look at the religious leaders of Israel it was said to Christ in his own nation that Christ a sinner is this man in John chapter 9 we know not whence he is we know Moses to him spoke God this man is a merit this show us the foolishness of the religious leaders of Israel so Naseh is saying to God the, the war is not against us the war is against you the enemy has reproached O Lord and that a foolish people has blasphemed your name oh do not deliver the life of your turtle dove to the bee, to the wild beast do not forget the life of your poor forever who is the turtle dove the church the turtle dove is a symbol of defenseless people the people of God is fitly compared to a turtle dove as resembling it in nature its cleanness purity being simple innocent harmless meek and faithful so they are compared to turtle love for also its affection and its chastity to its mate for its being a fearful creature a weak one exposed to the prey of others 
all which is true of the church and may be applied to it. Then he said, do not deliver the life of your turtle dove to the beast, the enemies of God. Do not forget the life of your poor forever. Who is the poor? The church of God is a congregation of people, of which some may be literally poor, but all of them are spiritually. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. The church of God is never forgotten. However, it may seem that to them and to others, when they are under divine desertion or under affliction, and immediate help is not given, they actually, it seems that they are forgotten. But in reality, they are not forgotten by God. Verse 20, have respect to the covenant, for the dark places of the earth are full of the haunts of cruelty. So he's saying to God, there is a covenant between you and your people. Remember this covenant. Have respect to the covenant. Because the dark places of the earth are full of your enemies who are lying in wait to destroy your people. The dark places of the earth are full of the haunts of cruelty. So the covenant intended in verse 20 is probably the covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And what is this covenant? Canaan was assured to their descendants at the lot of their inheritance. So Asaph feels that Israel is being deprived of its inheritance in the captivity and dragged off into dark places. They were taken into Babylon, for example. So the prayer here is that God would remember the sacred promise indicated in that covenant and that he would intervene to save his people. And Asaph wisely and persuasively called upon God to act in view of his covenant to his people. So Asaph is trying to persuade God, there is a covenant here, have respect to this covenant. And the world, in a dangerous world, full of the haunts of cruelty, God's people could rely on God's covenant promise. So yes, evil is surrounding us. Wickedness is surrounding us everywhere. But we can rely on the covenant between God and us. But St. Augustine actually is referring to the new covenant, not the old covenant. That's why he said, have regard, as if Asaph is saying, have regard to your testament, have regard to your covenant. Not that old one, not for the sake of the land of Canaan, I ask, not for the sake of temporal subduing of enemies, not for the sake of carnal fruitfulness of sons, not for the sake of earthly riches, nor for the sake of temporal welfare. Have regard to your testament, your covenant, wherein you have promised the kingdom of heaven. So that's the covenant God promised us not an earthly inheritance, but the kingdom of heaven. So St. Augustine says that Asaph, so that which was spoken of the new covenant, as we read in Hebrews chapter 8 from verse 8 to 13, the old covenant passed away. Now 
there is a new covenant. He told him, because the dark places of the earth are full of the haunts of cruelty. Many places of the earth are in total darkness. Why total darkness? Away from the knowledge of God and the knowledge of the spiritual and divine things. So the church pleads God and his promises that he would send forth his light and his truth and cover the earth with the knowledge of the Lord. So, verse 21, Oh, do not let the oppressed, your people, return ashamed if you did not deliver them. Let the poor and the needy, your people, praise your name when you deliver them. So, Asaph is pleading God to not let this oppressed nation turn their back on him in shame and confusion at his forsaking them if he did not deliver them. He said to God, don't let them return ashamed by not having an answer for their prayer, but still are under the oppression of their enemies. Rather, let the poor and needy praise your name, your people praise your name. Show them mercy, deliverance, which may turn their shame into joy and call forth from them songs of praise. St. Augustine comments on the poor and needy and says, You see, brethren, how sweet ought to be poverty, poor in spirit. You see that poor and helpless men belong to God, but poor in spirit for them is the kingdom of heaven. So when we recognize our weakness, when we recognize we are poor and needy, when we don't rely on anything except God, we don't rely on money, on power, on prestige, on connection, we rely only on God because we are poor and needy, then God will deliver us. Verse 22, Arise, O God, plead your own cause. Remember how the foolish man reproaches you daily. So Asaph presents a final appeal. He approaches God with concern for his own cause. Now it's not about us, it's about you. He asked God to act not only out of compassion for his people, but also out of concern for his glory. They are reproaching your name. To rebuke the foolish man who reproaches you daily. Oh God, arise, plead your own cause. Remember how the foolish man reproaches you daily. So arise, O oh God, as if God were now insensible to the suffering of his people, as if he were inattentive and willing to come to their help. That's our perception. Definitely God's not like this. So we say, Arise, O oh God. The war is really made against God, against his honor, against his law, against his authority. Any reproach or persecution directed against the people of God is counted as if directed against God personally. And actually this is what God said to St. Paul before his conversion, when he said to 
Paul before his conversion, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He did not say, why are you persecuting the church? Why you are persecuting me? So the wicked constantly, daily, reproach God, either by their language or their conduct. And this is a reason for calling on God to intervene. Last verse, verse 23. Do not forget the voice of your enemies, the tumult of those who rise up against you increases continually. The voice of your enemies shouting for the destruction of his people. So the prayer is that God would bring deserved chastisement upon the enemies for their purposes and their aims against the people of God. It is not a prayer of revenge. It is a prayer that God will recompense them as they deserve. And the word tumult, the tumult of those who rise up against you increases continually. So it increases continually here. The tumult, the reference is to the movement, where the tumult movement of multitude pressing on to conquest, encouraging each other, and endeavoring to intimidate their enemies by the loud uproar of the war cry. So it's a description of what had occurred among the main events referred in this psalm. This roaring, the roaring in the midst of the sanctuary and congregation, as we read in verse 4. Your enemies roar in the midst of your meeting place. They set up their banners for signs. That's what happened year 70 AD when Titus and all the soldiers entered into the Holy of the Holies. So the enemies roar in the midst of your meeting place, the, the temple. They set up their banners for signs. And also there is another reference for their reproaching and blaspheming in verse 10. When he said, O oh God, how long will the adversary reproach? Will the enemy blaspheme your name forever? So now he is repeating or making reference to what he mentioned earlier. The tumult of your enemies increasing continually. So the cry of their sins also. So the tumult can refer to the cry of their sins. Remember when God said to Abraham, I will go to Sodom and Gomorrah because their cry reached my ears and the city of Nineveh also. So the cry of the sins continually increasing so God will intervene and actually give the people what they deserve. So therefore, it might be hoped and expected that punishment in a little time would come down, like what happened with Sodom and Gomorrah. So Asaph pressed the urgency of the plea because the tumult is increasing continually. With wickedness on the increase, there was more reason for God to act sooner rather than later. That's why he told him, you need to, to, to arise now. The tumult of those who rise again up against you increases continually. So this Psalm, Psalm 74 is a good example of prayer based on the promises of God. 
This actually concludes Psalm 74. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.